Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Wednesday, December the 15th. Thanks for starting your day or ending your day or splitting up your day with this program, Enough for a Day. Thanks for taking time to uh, go through Psalms with me. It's Wednesday. Tonight we have groups on site at church. It'll be our final week of groups, and then we'll take a break over the Christmas break and then resume in the new year. And we're very excited about the plans we're making for the new year. This is a special time at Emmanuel, and I want to share with you a little bit about what's happening. And wherever you are on the planet, we hope you'll join in with us. Sunday mornings, we're studying the Christmas oracles. We're looking at ancient prophecies that pointed to Christmas and to Jesus, and that still have much to do with our lives today. And we're seeing the many parallels and connection points of where we are today on God's timeline and in God's purposes as they unfold and where ancient Israel was as they looked forward to Jesus. And frankly, uh, that first Christmas morning when, when Jesus arrived, when he was born and uh, when he came to the planet. So anyway, Christmas oracles on Sunday morning. Sunday night, this Sunday night, we have a beautiful Christmas concert. It's called Starlight. Our music team has been working for many weeks in preparation for this night. And uh, I just hope you'll be a part of it, whether online or in person. I hope you'll pray for the outreach efforts of it. We will preach the gospel both Sunday morning and Sunday night and give people an opportunity to meet Jesus and to place their faith and trust and hope in him. And so you pray for us this Sunday. And then uh, we have a beautiful Christmas Eve service planned. I believe Christmas Eve is on a Friday. That service will be at five o'clock. It will be about one hour. Again, focused worship and focused on giving the gospel and worshiping Jesus and celebrating and anticipating all that Christmas represents to us. And hopefully by then we'll be well into the Christmas Oracles series and we'll have a fuller view of the, the, the broad span of time over which God's promises have held so many people together. Well, today we're going to finish Psalm 132. And I have something very specific I want to visit with you about. Uh, from this psalm. As we do, we're going to do a flyby. We're going to do, instead of zooming in and looking at one phrase or one word at a time, we're going to pull out now as we wrap up this psalm and look one more time at the big picture. Remember, this is called a psalm of degrees. So it was a psalm sung on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, which they did about three times a year as families and villages going to the city of God to worship God. And this uh, particular message is about God's dwelling, God's presence, and God's rightful place. And then the later part of the psalm, it's a, it, the context is people coming together to worship God. They would have sung this song on their way there in anticipation of all the people that would be welcoming them into Jerusalem in anticipation of uh, a week of celebration a week of worship, a week of anticipation, and then a week of looking forward to the hope and the promises that God had laid out for them as a people. Now, this practice fell by the wayside. People got bored with it, okay? They got tired of waiting. They got kind of um, ho-hum with it, and it became, it became just something they went through motions. Eventually, uh, certain kings just let it fall by the wayside and the worship of God was closed and the temple was shut up. And I mean, it's, it's a, amazing for us to think, but it happens to us today. Uh, how many people do you know that have lost interest 
in God, in church, in Jesus, uh, in their walk forward. They wanted a better life for the moment, but they didn't get the fuller view of things. And so this was, um, this was a song sung on the way to worship in anticipation of worship. And it was a song that celebrated a forward view, a forward look. And that's kind of what I want you to pick up as we read it. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swear unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor grow up into my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes, nor slumber to mine eyelids, till I find out a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard of it at Ephrata. We found it in the fields of the wood. We will go into his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Just pause and just get the sense of this as they're journeying, as they're on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, singing this in anticipation of worship. And they're saying, God, we're coming to worship you. We're coming to gather. We're coming to celebrate you. Let's pick it up in verse 11. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Now, think about that. How people, at this point in the psalm, they're celebrating his, his long promises, his future promises. They don't know when this is going to unfold. And in the incarnation, it began to be revealed and fulfilled. But it hasn't been consummated yet. We're waiting for this actual event to happen in permanence. Um, verse 12, if thy children will keep my covenant, the new covenant, and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I've ordained a lamp for mine anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Now, again, people journeying in a pilgrimage, going to Jerusalem in anticipation to worship their God and in celebration, in, in premature, you could say, in preemptive anticipation, hope, celebration of his long, his future promises. Doesn't that sound like us today? Doesn't that sound like where you are right now? So my question for you today is, what are you looking forward to? You might have a lot that's going on today that can discourage you, that can frustrate you, that can burden you down. You might have a lot of pressure coming upon you today. You might be juggling a lot of responsibility or a lot of complicated situations. You might be in the middle of hard or heavy or difficult things and navigating, navigating this moment is burdensome. Well, how have generations of Christians navigated burdens in their life? How have gen many generations of Christians navigated the hardness of life, the suffering and the the, the pressures and the burdens that we carry in this life. They've navigated them 
by prematurely, by preemptively, in faith, celebrating and anticipating the promises of God yet to be fulfilled. Now, I guess the starting point is to celebrate the promises that have already been fulfilled. And that's in part what Christmas is. Christmas is that we celebrate that he came, God with us, that he is a faithful high priest and that he is with us and for us. And whatever suffering, whatever burdens, whatever valley of the shadow of death, he calls us to walk through. He doesn't just send us into it with his best wishes. No, he goes into it with us. And we walk with him and he walks with us. And in many ways, he carries us and he sustains us and he holds us. And it's real, okay? And if you're suffering and you're trusting him, you know that. You know it's real. And you know he's with you now. But there's a second component to what we celebrate. And that is what we're looking forward to. Hope is a powerful antidote to sorrow and grief of today. Hope is a powerful antidote, a powerful vaccine to the toxins of just life in the everyday trenches of spiritual warfare. Hope is what keeps our hearts alive and it keeps everyday worship fresh and new. It makes Even though our outward man perishes, like Paul said, our inward man is renewed day by day by the Spirit of God, by the strength and presence of Jesus, and by the hope of these kinds of promises. So my friend, I guess my primary message today is you have a lot to look forward to. You have a lot to anticipate. Whatever may be slowing you down in sorrow or grief or pressure or burden today, let it be overwhelmed and overcome. Let the inward man be renewed today by the hope and the presence of Jesus and by the long promises that we anticipate. Happy Wednesday. I'm praying for you, my friends. Have a good day, and I'll see you tomorrow.